will find you. And I will kill you. Yeah. I am the walrus. Shut the fuck up, Donnie. The greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world he didn't exist. What we've got here is failure to communicate. Mrs. Robinson, you're trying to seduce me. <laughs> Aren't you? Was it over when the Germans bombed Pearl Harbor? Hell no! Just been revoked. Open the pod bay doors, huh? I'm sorry, Dave. I'm afraid I can't do that. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Because it is my name! I see Dave. Today, Junior? Ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? You'll shoot your eye out, kid. Like scary Uh huh. What's your favorite scary movie? The price is wrong, bitch. Welcome to Critics Not Cynics, the podcast that tries to prove that you can be a critic without being a cynic. And this is our, uh, thankfully, second YouTube video recording of the podcast and with the other co-host, as it's a kind of a revolving door between you and Leslie, this is the other Pat or Patrick. So, Pat, how's it going? Oof. I mean, this is a little bit strange now that we're all set up. <laughs> <laughs> well, we could we could be better set up, but we're we're working with it. I, I'm trying to learn a lot of things on the fly. Um, I think uh, we'll have it on this one where I'll actually have our logo. Uh, um, so this is the new James Wan horror film, and I am a pretty big fan of James Wan. I've really enjoyed, uh, you know, Saw was his first movie that I had an experience with, which is pretty much his first movie. Then you've got like Insidious, uh, you got the Conjuring series, uh, and then he kind of broke the mold a little bit and did Aquaman, which was uh, really good. And now he's kind of going back to the horror roots, which I don't know is a, if it's a good thing or a bad thing, because um, I kind of like that he branched out into the comic book genre with Aquaman uh, and kind of really showed that he could do films outside of just horror. Um, I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? I I did enjoy Aquaman. I mean, it was definitely not like a, I wouldn't say that it was like a perfect movie by any means, but like it definitely showed that he has the capability to do some other shit. Right. And I mean, like there were some horror elements, like specifically the trench um, scene where he really used uh, his skills as a horror director and his horror background uh, to really kind of add some some uh, omniance to that to that scene in particular. And uh, and I think it really worked. But it did show that he is more capable of just than just directing horror, because 
I, I feel like a, a lot of directors that start out in horror kind of get pigeonholed and they can only direct horror. And if they try to branch out, um, their projects either don't work or people criticize them. Um, one who's been able to also do that is, I think, David Sandberg, who did Lights Out and then moved on to the Shazam series and uh, for the DC movies. So uh, I, I kind of don't want him necessarily just to revert back to horror altogether. Uh, but it was kind of nice to kind of go back to to a horror film from James uh, in, in in this instance. I mean, um, he, he did indeed direct uh, Furious 7, so I'm sure I, that, shows, I, so, that shows his yeah, real capabilities. I, I was thinking he had done one of the Fast and Furious, but but I couldn't remember uh, specifically. So, um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's more action sequences so yeah. maybe that that led to more um capability when doing aquaman and setting up the action set pieces for that film so you know and again like uh, another director that i think has done really well not to spin off into the fast and furious franchise but justin lynn uh who did tokyo drift and then kind of disappeared from the fast and furious franchise was also the one who when he came back to directing the fast and furious was what made it so much more popular um for everyone else and then he also i believe went on and directed star trek beyond which was one of the outside of the the three um jj abram movies was one of the better of the star trek films because it it, it was something done a little bit different so i like kind of these directors that maybe start out in a specific genre, getting a chance to branch out and try different things because they can show that they actually have some more aptitude uh, when it comes to directing films and different genres of films. Um, so I'll always check out a James Wan film, uh, but I don't want him just to go back to horror specifically because it's like the easy thing for him to do. I do know he's directing Aquaman too. So, I mean, like that's not a concern, but uh, it is something that I think directors kind of kind of worry about is getting stuck in that. And there are some that I think are, are fine with it. Uh, for example, like Mike Flanagan, uh, you know, the haunting of Hill House and everything, Oculus, Hush, like he he really fits well within that horror genre. Um, and I think he's very comfortable with it where he doesn't necessarily want to branch out to any other genres because he embraces that horror uh, genre. Um, but enough with that preamble that has nothing to do with criticism of the film, unless you've got a quick thought there. Uh, I was going to say that it looks like he will be doing a lot more horror in the near future. Okay. Um, to include another insidious, uh, movie and then a, and then a, uh, TV series called archive 81, which I have no idea what that's about. No, but I would be probably interested in, in checking that out. I believe he was also a, an executive producer on the Swamp Thing DC show uh, that got unceremoniously canceled way ahead of its time. Uh, and that had a lot of horror influence, um, even though I didn't get to finish the series because um, I was kind of upset with the cancellation. Uh, I think that that also what I did see and what was kind of the horror elements of it probably came a little bit from, from him. Um, I would also, cause I think he and uh, Lee Wannell like make a really good team. Cause they were, you know, on the saw franchise, they were on the city insidious franchise. Um, and I believe Lee was involved in some 
aspect of like the conjuring and stuff like that. Uh, I would like to see them partner up again on more projects and, and uh, churn out more ideas. Uh, and maybe they have, I just don't have those um, specifics in front of me. Um, he was also, he also produced your favorite movie of 2021. Oh, don't. Uh, if you're talking about Wonder Woman 84, that's 2020. No, your, your, your favorite movie of 2021. Which one is that? Mortal Kombat. Oh, no, not my favorite movie. <laughs> not my favorite movie. Um, okay, so the basic um, premise of Malignant is that Madison is paralyzed by shocking visions of grisly murders and her torment worsens as she discovers that these waking dreams are in fact terrifying realities. Um, you brought up an interesting thing as I was starting to watch the film. Uh, you wanted to talk, uh, explain something to me, um, but I, I told you no. And you were concerned that I was going to think one thing versus the other thing and that this was marketed to be one type of film but in your viewing experience, it was a completely different film. And I myself had not watched any of the trailers. Um, I think I even started kind of watching the trailer. And then I was like, nah, I'm not going to. I was seeing enough like adverts on Facebook and Twitter about it, but never really dug in to what the film was about. So without going into like spoilers or anything, what what did you mean by that? I, I was going to say like, Rather than a horror movie, this felt more like a like a thriller slasher, which still is technically in but, the horror like, genre. Very like loose on the horror. Like I, I didn't so, really get those vibes a whole lot. Like okay. maybe maybe once in an earlier scene, and then a little bit towards the end, but like. I feel like it was more of like a like a detective movie almost at the beginning. Okay. Um so I especially when we get into the spoiler section of this, I'm going to really debate that um with you uh, cuz I think completely the opposite. Um I feel like this fits perfectly within the horror genre even as a slasher. And most thrillers do also fit within the horror genre. It just depends on which way they lean. And I think that this had enough of um, maybe a supernatural um, element to it that still kind of triggers that into the horror genre. And th- and it can be end up leading to a greater debate um, down the road where what what is a horror film and what isn't a horror film? And there's a, a doggo. <laughs> My doggo is currently uh, passed out on the floor right now, but uh, Bella's made her YouTube first appearance. <laughs> She's going to be a featured Aww. doggo, apparently. <laughs> um, so, um, okay, this film, um, and I want to make another quick argument because uh, you and I both uh, have the same kind of perspective on this where uh, kind of this simultaneous release between theater and home streaming services is probably a good thing that shouldn't go away um, given the current, even just COVID aside, um, like if the pandemic wasn't still currently ongoing, um I think that this is a natural evolution that may have come along at some point because we've kind of seen it with Netflix and the Netflix original films. 
um, and bigger actors signing on to projects that go straight to Netflix or go straight to Hulu. Um, that I, I, the experience I had with this at home, because as you know, even though you don't care that I got this, I got a backlight for my TV. And the type of backlight I got uh, actually uh, captures, it's got a camera that captures the entire screen. So then it organizes or syncs the lights to what's happening on the screen. So uh, in like one of the instances and in, later on in the in the film, when the detective is like moving his flashlight, the lights on the top of the screen are kind of moving along in the direction of how he's moving the flashlight. Uh, and also changing through different colors. So the opening sequence of this film with all of the uh, electricity stuff going off and the flashing lights, there was really cool ambiance created by my backlight that I really think enhanced my viewing experience. And given a theater experience, you just have your your screen. And so I kind of like this because it, it got me more in the atmosphere of the film and enjoying the film and kind of really, uh, really immersing in, into that overall aesthetic. Um, I know you probably didn't. You don't have that type of experience because you don't have a backlight. But uh, would this would this have would you maybe have reacted to the film differently had you been in the theater? And had an audience maybe reacting to all the stuff. I don't think so. Okay. Um, very early on, like uh, one of the very like opening scenes, like I, just some of the acting to me like felt. I want I want to say it felt loose is the word that I would use to describe it. Kind of okay. like a that's the take you were. Yeah, that, that, so are you, the take you went with? with uh, so let me ask the, the kind of the exchanges between the husband and wife between Madison and Derek, or are you talking about the hospital? That, the hospital? The hospital. Okay. I, I don't know. I thought the hospital was meant to be kind of cheesy. Um, so I wasn't expecting kind of it was high like level. Very cheesy. Like, but I, I, I think so it's evil dead cheesy. Um, and so like, it, that's probably why it didn't bother me as much, but when it, when it does kind of jump to the next scene of, uh, Madison and Derek kind of having their exchanges, a lot of that fell flat for me. That was, yeah, I didn't, it took a lot for me to get into this movie, to be honest. Like, I think, I mean, I kind of called it from the start, but like, it took until like the third act for me to be like. All right, cool. Like this is kind of what I wanted, but with how long the movie is, it took too long to get to that point. Yes, that that is another uh, pain point for this film because um, James is usually best when he's directing in that kind of tight hour and a half. But I, I mean, the Conjuring films have been a little bit longer, and I feel like he's paced those out more um, more appropriately with with the story and with uh the content because there was enough there and there's and those are loosely based on actual real events whereas this is a completely original story um well original in the sense of just with what they're telling it's not based off of like ed and lorraine warren or anything like that um that i felt like 
when I saw that hour and 51 minute runtime, I was a little daunted by it. And I was like, oh, I bet that's going to be a problem. And I did have several moments when I was checking where I was at within the film, because not that they're not that it bored me, but there were moments where I was just like, okay, can we move on to the next thing? Okay, I get it. I get it. Like, let's let's get on to the next kill or something like that. Um, so, uh, the story in general, without going into specifics or details, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I do agree with you that um, I think it took too long to get there because, much like you, I think I texted you about halfway through the film and told you I think I have it figured out and was pretty much spot on more or less. Um, and, uh, I mean like not that you, you just said, okay. Cause like you weren't going to ruin the film for me or anything like that. But, uh, I, I was really shocked within that first like 20 minutes of everything that happens in the house with her and her husband. I was like, wait, we're already at that point. Like, what are we going to do for the next hour and a half of the film? And, Although it works out, it, it it just felt like we rushed and now we're hitting a complete dead stop for 40 minutes and then we're picking up again for the rest of the film. Yeah, it the it felt very repetitive towards the beginning. Yeah. Like each thing kind of happened in the same type of sequence, more or yeah. less. So like you weren't getting like extremely different kills or anything like it was just kind of meh they were all brutal kills but they were all kind of within the same manner it was massive stabbings like brutal stabbings to the face and that was pretty much it and then one you don't even really see uh, all happens off camera um but one thing's one thing i will praise about this film was the visual effects Okay, I was going to touch on that, too. Yeah, I really enjoyed the transitions of when she is seeing the killings. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that that was very masterfully done. Um, I've never seen a transition quite like that to where I was, like, completely bought into it. Um, yes, you can tell it's computer generated, but it looks real enough. Because you don't know within her mind if she's dreaming this or if she's actually seeing it. He's used semi-similar effects, but nothing quite like that before. Yeah, yeah. This is um, probably him going like above what he what he's done. He's experimenting more with it. So I think that that was cool. I also really enjoyed the kind of top-down, uh, like chase more or less, like throughout the house, like oh, that yeah. camera angle. Yeah, I thought that that was really well utilized. Like he didn't overdo it at all. I think he used it maybe twice, but like that was a kind of like a camera angle that you don't normally see. Right. That, um, it kind of made that scene work for me a lot better. And one other, I think, uh, really well. There's there's a, quite a few impressive scenes. So outside of like maybe the story not working for us completely, or some of the acting not working really well, a lot of what is shot is really well done. And I really love the jail scene, and then the precinct scene, like that kind of panoramic one shot take of uh, of the killing of the cops was very very impressive 
And uh, I, I was sitting there in the chair just going, wow. Like, it, it makes me wonder, like, how how did they shoot this? Because it looks so fluid. It looks like one continuous take. Uh, and I, I believe they had to use a 360-type camera because you get that kind of curvature panoramic view as, as that sequence is going on. Um, and then, of course, I'll get to a counterpoint on one thing I didn't like about that scene uh, when we get into the spoilers uh, section of the film. Um, as for the actors, I really enjoyed Kakoa, the, the male detective. I thought he was really good. I liked his partner, even though she's a bitch through most of the film. Uh, I liked the sister. It worked. Uh, it, oh, no, it worked. It absolutely worked. The, like their, 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 their chemistry dynamic was good. Yeah, their chemistry was really good, especially when she calls him out for like falling for Sydney, the sister. Uh, like, don't don't think I don't know what you're doing there, type of uh, uh, deal. Um, but really, and I know uh, the main character Madison, played by Anna Annabelle Wallace or something like this, uh, she's not the strongest actress uh you know her from peaky blinders at least the first season because she's the one that uh that um killian murphy uh is kind of involved with uh she's been in a few other things and she was i believe in annabelle um correct and and she is just she's not really a strong actress uh she's very wooden and very bland. And that's why I didn't really get a whole lot of sympathy for her because I never really bought into her character. Like when she's talking about the miscarriages, I never felt like those, like the weight of that story when she talks about it, or even when she's having the conversation with her husband about like when he's like, well, you know, why do all my children die in you uh, type of thing just doesn't really really work and when she's trying to be overly emotional it just feels very bland and one note um so i think that that's also one of the things that really hurts this film um overall yeah it was more of like an exhausted yeah more than like a like a oh shit he's beating the fuck out of me type acting right um i i will say like that that beginning scene with her and her husband and like he cracks her head against the wall that did like shock me because it was so quick and sudden and the the uh the sound effect of her head hitting that wall was mm. was strong that it was like oh shit like that had to hurt um but ultimately with with her acting in this it just really it i never bought into her it's just very, like you said, exhausted, bland, one note. Like, there are these very emotional, heavy scenes. Like, even when she's talking to Sydney in the beginning about, like, I want that blood uh, connection and explaining that she's adopted. It's like, okay, this should be more impactful, but it's not. It, you know, there's something in her delivery that just doesn't work. And I think if they had a better actress in there... Um, maybe with a lot of the stuff that we have issues with could have been overlooked and been like, okay, yeah, but Hey, she really sold her character. I I do wish that she could provide just like, just a little more emotion. I don't know. 
Yeah, because she's in a constant state of crying throughout most of the film. But even those scenes are just like even it doesn't, when she's it doesn't sell it for me. Right. Like, when she's angry, it's just like it's it sounds the same as when she's sad. You know, it, there's really no inflection or differentiation between the different emotional states she's in in the film because she goes through a complete roller coaster. And the only times where she like act, her acting works is when she's in the um, in the the vision sequences mm-hmm. because there's literally nothing she can do except that, stand there yeah, <laughs> and that, look. That she did do a good job of. Well, I mean, because she didn't have to do anything. Yeah, more or less. <laughs> and look, we don't mean to just, Yeah, and we don't mean to disparage her or anything like that. It's just I I don't know if they could have done anything else to improve improve her acting a little bit more. Um but I've heard countless reviewers talk about her in other films and how she's the worst thing about any film she's in. And uh, that's that's kind of sad to say, um, but it, it it proves true here. Where like I mean, she's not so awful that it breaks the movie for me, and I can't enjoy anything about it. But it's not good enough for me to be totally invested into her character and her plight. Yeah, I I will say that the um, the kid that played like her younger version did a good yeah. job and like oh, yeah. the flashbacks and the, absolutely and the films and stuff like that. I would say, like, helped out the movie quite a bit. Yeah, I, I, I totally agree on that. And at least, like, her her sister is far more likable and far more empathetic to follow her story because she's a much better actress. And sh- when she's going through her constant states of different emotions, you believe her. Like, when she thinks her sister's psychic and, you know, and she's really excited for it. But then when she reveals, like, when she's in the... Um, in the hospital looking for the records later on. And she like sees the, uh, you know, that the records are in the basement. And she's like, of course, like you believe her because you're like, where else would those records be? Oh, in the basement of this abandoned, dark, creepy hospital. Like she just does a lot better job at delivering her lines and her character. Uh, my, my thing was like, that's just typical horror movie logic because oh, it's yeah. like, oh, of course, this is the files will definitely still be there. No issue. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's not like they would have tried, especially with like the research or whatever they were doing. You thought you would think they would have like burnt that place down. Either that or like homeless people eventually would break in and burn all the paper. The, it like, is in Seattle. Fun, so the fun fires, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, uh, but the, uh, the actress that plays the sister, you know what else she was in, right? Uh, Mr. Mercedes. Well, she was the, she was the kid in uh, God bless America. She was not the main kid. Jeez. I looked at that yesterday. She's not the main one. No. No, she's the. Uh, if I remember correctly, oh, that's she's, right. She was she's the, the one in the, with the car. She's the rich bitch. That, yeah. Okay, <laughs> that that sells more for. <laughs> you dare question me on my my movie research, but God bless America. God, I need to rewatch that movie. Um, well, it's been a decade. It's been a decade, and it sadly still rings true. Um, all right, so let's. Uh, I think we've talked about pretty much um, everything that we can talk about without going into spoilers. So, 
if you're if you're going to score this, and of course knowing what you know about the film uh, and how the story plays out and the twists and turns, uh, what would you score this? I don't want to be I don't want to be too tough on it because I did I did like it. There are parts where I'm like it was predictable. I I knew like one of the things that like the tagline that they were using like in all the trailers and stuff was like this reinventor and I'm like not really. It doesn't not no, nothing reinvents like like you're not it wasn't I, I've seen this type of movie before and I'm we'll we'll talk about that in the spoiler section. But I I'll, I think I'll land on a three, just middle of the road. Yeah. Like it didn't do it didn't do fantastic. It wasn't terrible. Just leave it at that. <laughs> so yeah, I'm pretty much um I'm pretty much on the same score. I'm on a three. Um, I could knock it lower if I wanted to, because there is enough there that it's like, okay, yeah. But I also agree that um, not, not that we should necessarily like take it easy on it because James Wan is a very talented horror director. So we should be expecting more better films out of him. I mean, not that every director consistently has good films uh, all the time. I will say, out of his catalog, this is probably my least favorite. Like, I put Dead Silence above this. I definitely put Saw above it, Insidious, Conjuring, um, even Aquaman. You know, I, I put all of, all even Fast uh, Furious 7, whatever, whatever it was, which one he directed. Seven. I put all of those in above this film um, because it was just, it was very, again, like one note. Um, I know you said you have something to kind of compare it to as something you've seen before. I have one as well, but if I say it, it kind of spoils the That's movie. So exactly uh, what I was going to say. Um, so when we get to the spoiler it's probably section, the same movie. If I had to uh, guess. let me ask you this: Is Frodo in it? Uh, possibly. Hold on. <laughs> uh. Because that's the movie I'm thinking of. You might be thinking of a different movie. We're thinking of different movies. Okay. Um, so, hey, then then that's great. Because that's two different movies that we can say that this uh, kind of leeches off of. Or not necessarily leeches off of, but reminds us off of. Uh, and I will always, and I will say, too, because like, I, again, didn't watch the trailers. But any trailer, and I know it's not you know, anyone that is worked on the movie. It's usually some PR company or an early access reviewer that gets, uh, gets, gets to see it. Anyone that says this reinvents the horror genre is wrong because the horror genre is very well established. And all we get are variations of pretty much the same stories. And that's not a knock on the horror genre. It's my favorite genre. Um, it's what, like my problem with Hereditary, because everyone like praises Hereditary as this great horror film, and I do not like it. I do need to revisit it, but it's to me, Hereditary was a bland, one note, overbloated. Let's try to be pseudo intellectual, and uh, when it got to its big reveal, it was nothing. And yet, people were talking about how that reinvented the horror genre. A film you and I both hate, The Babadook. That was, uh, that was supposed. That was supposed to reinvent the horror genre, and and it really didn't. 
so I will never trust anyone who says this reinvents it. What someone that what might lead more credence to it is if someone says this improves on the horror genre, uh, because that 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 is one thing that's constantly happening within the horror genre is we are improving, we are innovating, we are trying different and new things, and that is one thing I can give uh, James some praises is he was trying new things like that for out of his standard type of horror films. This is a little bit different. It's a little less on the supernatural side with still some supernatural elements involved. Uh, And so he's trying to get more real life horror versus, um, you know, sticking with stuff from like the conjuring or insidious where it's like that haunting uh, type story where there's an evil spirit that's going after a family. Um, So any other kind of general thoughts before we move into spoilers? I mean, just credit to him, because, like, if you think about it, like, Saul was one that did something way different than every yes. other horror movie. It, it, that, and I would then, say, com- uh, created a different subgenre of horror, which was basically the torture porn uh, type More Because then you get Hostel, uh, yep. and you get all the, the other subsequent films. You, you got that, and then, like, just how well he did on, like, all the conjure like, the Conjuring, when that first came out, like, that did a good job. Yes. And, like, just the horror elements that he's always used, like, they work. This one, unfortunately, kind of fell flat, but, I, I mean, like, he's definitely had me in movies where I'm like, okay, like, this is pretty fuck creepy. <laughs> right, right. Uh, and I agree, too. Uh, and I think, like, that's probably why this one uh, hits a little bit lower for us is because he is trying different things. So he's not trying to be rote and, and just repeating the insidious, repeating conjuring, even repeating saw. He's just, he's trying new things and he's seeing what works and what doesn't work. So I think when critics talk about this film and he listens to it, he can go, okay, I need to improve on this factor or I need to adjust this just a little bit more. And uh, so definitely credit to him. And this isn't going to be the film that I'm like, nah, I'm never watching another James Wan movie ever again. Um, so it, that's that's it for, for general thoughts? Yeah, I think so. All right. So everyone, if you want to know how we kind of get to our three scores, uh, we're going to talk about that now here within the spoiler section. But if you have not seen this film, please Leave the video now or leave the, the audio podcast now. Go out, see it in theaters or, or watch it on HBO Max if you have a subscription. And then come back because we really don't want to spoil the, the big reveal or the twist for you. But we feel it necessary to talk about it to really show how that twist impacts our overall score and thoughts of the film. So you have been warned. All right. Spoiler section. Um, so yeah, it's basically a sibling. <laughs> um, More or less, you know. It's uh, and and when I said sibling to you, I I knew it was like a twin. I just didn't type twin. Uh, I figured it was uh, kind of like a Siamese twin or the, what ends up being the parasitic twin. Um, and uh, now what I did not exactly expect was that it was still within the same body. I was kind of expecting that whatever, because that whole line at the beginning, 
it's time to cut out the cancer. Yeah. I expected whatever they took off of her to be what was out there doing the killings. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a nice surprise that it was her. Now, the negative in this, because this is all revealed within the jail scene, is when the body twists and contorts so that the back of her head is now technically the front of her face, or Gabriel's face, and the arms kind of dislocate the shoulders and twist the hands around and walk backwards, the face of her looks really bad, in my opinion. Like, this is what I was talking about, about the police scene, Every time the camera moves and you see her prosthetic face, it looks really like I've seen better prosthetic effects in 80s horror films than than that one. It wasn't the best. Um, but that again, like that is a minor detraction from that entire action scene, because I thought that scene was it was brutal. It was fantastic. Even the jail cell scene where she's just beating and destroying all of those women uh it was like holy shit he took that dial and turned it to 11 yeah he definitely turned it up for those because like you don't really see the first kill you just kind of see the after yeah and then you see the next three uh basically more or less yes because that's like that's when she like can't move and she's just kind of frozen there Right, right. Um, so, um, so that's where I was gonna say, like, the good son is where I was thinking, like, this is where that movie's kind of been done before, where that's Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood, and uh, Macaulay Culkin's character is basically a sociopath that does all these really bad things, but Elijah Wood's character kind of gets blamed for them until the you know huge reveal that Macaulay Culkin's responsible for it. Um, because it's again that kind of sibling dynamic going back and forth, just with an extreme twist. Because this is a, a twin that is stuck within her brain. I did kind of like though that this was the explanation as to why she kept miscarrying. Um, because it was kind of like, wait, like what's happening here? Like why does she constantly miscarry? Why do all her kids die? Um, but. It also doesn't quite explain the movie itself doesn't quite explain the supernatural element of the electricity, uh, how Gabriel can speak through phones uh, and um, like and, and it, I mean, it's all triggered by Derek smashing her head against that wall like he is the cause for Gabriel kind of resurfacing mm-hmm. Um and I will say, like, the mystery it does kind of put out there with the woman that gets captured in the Seattle underground, like, who she turns out to be and everything like that. Like, I do like how the pieces kind of come together. But the end, I think, was my most egregious moment where it's like, oh, so everything's OK. Like, cops are just going to let her be. That's, you know? what I, that's exactly <laughs> what I said at the end. I was like, so no one's getting held responsible. I mean, technically, like, you can't hold her accountable because she was not in control uh, uh, of her body. Uh, It was whatever's still in her brain. Um, But, like, like, you're going to lock her up, right? Like, (laughs) well, any any defense attorney would say, like, you, you know, she had no control. Like, she literally was as like there's enough witnesses to see 
that there was like no way she was in control of her own body. Yeah, but so like, also, how do you let that go by? Because she literally murdered a whole precinct of cops. Yeah. So uh, that's the yeah. thing that bothered me was like they're in the precinct and she's shooting at she's shooting at her. Yeah. And like missing from two feet with a shotgun. Yeah, you know that was <laughs> that was something too. Like I'm like you're how you're how going is Gabriel? To, go ahead. You're gonna miss from like two feet away with like. <laughs> well, it's not even the fact that she missed with two feet away from with a sh- with a shotgun. It's the fact that an entire precinct of cops could not hit that her too. at all, because like I think even um, Kako was able to do something in the one doctor's apartment. I think like he wings, and that that's another thing too. Is like any any damage that's done when Gabriel's in control never seems like. That whole sequence of jumping from the fire escape all the way to the bottom and running through the whole underground. Like, okay, I get that she wakes up with blood on her pillow from her head, which is the telltale of like, okay, something's happened. Yeah. But she is, she's not like, God damn, I am sore as a mother because like, you're, I don't care how strong you are. That's going to have some impact on your muscles, bones, whatever. Like, so how is she not having any actual impact to her own body? Yeah, I feel like that was pretty loosely explained, like, or not well, at she all. Well, ex- she did say, like, well, if, you know, if he was in control of my body, it was my strength. But still, yeah. like, you're going to strain some muscle at some point. Yeah, like that and... Oh, shit, I had one other thing. That and the... um. Just, like, how this thing knows how to, like, move and, like, move and kill, like, that fast. Like, right. Without any real, like, experience. Like, I don't know. That was weird to me. Yeah, like like how it could take control of her body, dislocate her shoulders, like, twist her hands around, uh, do something with her, like, shins so that it can walk backwards, you know, mm-hmm. like, almost like it's normal. Um, and, yeah, the, the enhanced strength. Again, like the supernatural elements to it, like don't really are aren't really explored. Oh, the the other one was like being able to control like the electricity and yeah, shit. Yeah, that that's that, what I mean. Like that didn't that make doesn't any make sense, sense. Like at all. I don't. I don't know. I, I guess I, I did like the effect of like when when they're watching the tapes and like do you see Gabriel attached to her back? Like yeah. that was really well done. Uh, it's just like explaining that extra step because I can I, I can even understand like the psychic link between because like that's when you're thinking it's OK, it's a sibling. They're they're psychically linked because they're twins. Uh, that's how she's seeing everything versus the oh, no, she's it's her viewing when when Gabriel's in control. Um, but then also she didn't see her husband's death. So like. I, that was another thing too when I'm watching when I'm watching the film and she's a nurse right yep. and she gets that her head hit against the wall and she goes to bed like yeah. unsupervised that, that, didn't, that didn't make it's sense like, to me either it's like anyone knows if you have any form of head trauma like the one thing you're not supposed to necessarily do is sleep let alone sleep alone the entire night 
uh, without someone kind of keeping an eye on you. And you would think her being a a, a nurse, she would kind of know that. Um, but yeah, you know, it's kind of foreshadowed on earlier when she's talking about that blood connection. And then it, again, her delivery at the end of the film, like, oh, I was looking for that blood connection, but it was in front of me all the time. It was like, Wait, did we just turn into a Hallmark movie? Like more or less. You know, it's it like, oh, that line's so bad, and her delivery made it so much more worse. And again, like the film ending just there. Like you're an hour and fifty minutes in, and you're gonna end there. Like you're not going to have like, okay, is Kakoa okay? Uh, you know, are they not even like a, a montage scene of like newspaper titles kind of just like, Oh, this is what happened or this is what happened. Or here's the aftermath of that. Like it just ends and you're like, what the hell? Yeah. And like they did a good job of kind of, I, I guess that the, the ending kind of like explains the rest of the movie. Cause you're, you're kind of like at, when she has the like her biological mom in the attic and you're like mm-hmm. well, well how wouldn't you know someone's in the attic right like you live right. in the house and you could you have ears but then i guess that's all explained under kind of that umbrella of him making her see what he wanted her to see more or less Right. And like her not even knowing, like, because he even says in in the interrogation room, it's like the bitch didn't even know I was nesting in the house. Like, so it's it's kind of him like it's how we choose to to see and not see things like you can walk down a street, see someone getting mugged and you can manage to cut that all from your own peripherals if you wanted to. You know, we we choose what we want to acknowledge versus what we don't want to acknowledge. And when you have that kind of parasitic entity um, in your brain, it knows, especially with kind of they try to explain it in the tapes, like how uh, it's connected to kind of the visual cortex of the brain. So like when it sees things or when Gabriel sees things like she can see it because he's allowing her to see it. it, it it's it's loosely explained. It's not, you know, spelled right out for you. Yeah. So I, I think like, and that's where I was going to say. So why I think that this fits within the horror genre is it's, it is a kind of inhuman slasher. Um, there, it is going after people and there are gruesome kills and there is that tinge of supernatural element, especially with the electrical stuff. So and like being able to talk through phones or through radios or, you know, uh, any other type of like electronic device that it, it it may fit in more like Michael Myers territory versus like even a Freddy Krueger or a Jason Voorhees type slasher. Uh, so that's why I think like you're kind of wrong that it doesn't really belong in the horror genre. Um, but I can still see where you're coming from with your argument, too. Yeah, because, like, the entire first few sequences felt like a cop drama, almost. And those are those moments where, that's where the movie really dragged. About about the 40 to 50 minute mark, because that's where I was kind of, like, checking the time. 
uh, is when Oop, it's gonna just, go oh, check on this kill. Yeah, all right. You know, let's go check on this other kill. We're gonna go knock on the doors of the the hotel or the apartment complex and everything. And then once it's the third doctor, like that's where it kicks back into gear. Because mm. then you see Kakoa seeing Gabriel and not yeah. her. Because you know the the suspect is her from the beginning. Her his partner's like, oh yeah, abusive. You know, husband. She did it, and like. Technically, she's right, but also at the same time, she's wrong. And you can maybe like assume that maybe she is actually doing these these killings until like you see Kakoa actually seeing Gabriel in his black get up. Yeah, <laughs> right. I don't know um, where he got that or how it makes sense that that would be what you would choose to wear. But all right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, it's just like a lot of those little little things there here and there really add up to what kind of took away from the film. I think like if I almost would have preferred it if it had been that kind of psychic connection. I mean, we've seen it in like Supernatural. We've seen it in a duff, bunch of other different horror films where there is that kind of link between twins. Um, I think that that probably would have made it a more interesting story where um, maybe Gabriel was going around and setting her up for these murders and a lot like that, but she was able to see the murders and, and then have the cops suspect. And then you have the big reveal and everything like that. Or good. The, the weird thing though, is that she sees it from a third person point of view. What yeah. it would just make more sense that if, from, well, I think the third person view is for us. It's not necessarily for her. It's for the audience. Yes. However, uh, are, are, you, are you saying that you think that she was seeing it through a first person point of view? Yeah, because like when she's when she's in uh, the third doctor's hotel room or whatever, like she see, she's seeing Kakoa and telling trying to tell him the killer's still there. So like she's seeing directly straight on from that different perspective. We're seeing her from the audience perspective. So okay. I think if it had shifted to a POV for her without establishing that POV earlier on in the film, mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense to do it. And so I think the third person perspective is solely for the audience to be seeing her rather than what she's seeing. Cause like, it's not like she's seeing, you know, like a 360 view of the room necessarily. It's okay. just that we're, we're seeing her through the lens of the camera. Oh, man. Um, the one that I was going to say that, Oh yeah, what film did it rem- what film did it remind you of? Very loosely, but I would say The Eye. Oh yeah, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely, because that's the eye transplant, and then yep. she's seen through. Yeah, yeah, I could totally see that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it the the good stuff for me was just because it's like it's the sibling type thing, and that's there's fair. the evil the evil one and the good one and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a. Uh, it was a good effort by James, um, especially like we said, he was trying something new. He's not trying to stick to the trope of ghosts and demons and stuff like that. Um, even though there is like an, a little bit of an element to that. Cause like her name for Gabriel is the devil and everything like that. But um, I also probably needed to know more of the mother's backstory because like, that's just quickly glossed over. I think it was like what she was raped and she was 15 and so she just gives her 
babies over to that hospital, mm-hmm. uh, like, which is understandable for a 15 year old, but like, who was the rapist? Like what? Like, I wanted to know more about that story because I feel like that would have impacted more of maybe my empathy or understanding of who these two entities are, who Madison is and who Gabriel is. Not only that, but like, I mean, you're you're going to get raped and that's the outcome. Like, that's just terrible luck. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> not only did not only did you get raped, but like parasitic twin, twin. thing. Like, yeah. Jesus Christ. Right. So it, it's it's like, I mean, it would make more sense. Like maybe if it was like. Uh, maybe like a, a family member or something had had raped her so like that would lead to the genetic de- deformation and why the like one twin would be like that and then she would be fine um you and know so, plane intensifies yeah so uh, some something that just would help explain a little bit more as to how madison and gabriel were created rather than just like quickly glossing over because i'm like that's a pretty big detail yeah. Yeah, especially with Gabriel having sort of like psychic abilities and or like right being able to control electricity and all that shit just like just doesn't really add up to a like satisfying conclusion. Yeah, because like if you're if you're going with something I I mean this isn't really like a plausible thing but if we're trying to deal with something that would be in the real world right like you would you wouldn't want to have like someone being able to control electricity like i i'm okay with like the conjoined parasitic twin like that's shit that could possibly happen well it has happened yeah like that there is not to that extent of course no but like that's that's what i'm thinking like he wanted to go more real world and but then decided to throw want to go all the way right like that's where i think like i would have enjoyed it more had it been like like they excised the twin and then like threw it away and then it somehow survived and then you can still get the psychic link and me to be able to believe it you know, like as as more believable than what we got, you know, I, I think the way you could have worked it is it it did get fully removed. Yeah. And one of the doctors went rogue. Oh, yeah. And, and like, nursed it. Yeah. yeah. Like, say the place shut down like right after and like that person just like kind of like locked it up there, raised it there and like eventually it got out or something. That would that would even make far more sense. Like I, I think so. I just make it a little more real world. Um and just kind of I don't know. I'm well, just you've speculating. Already, I'm not a writer. <laughs> well you've already got an hour and fifty minute runtime. So like again, it feels like crucial story elements were just overlooked and or just quickly brushed by for the sake of okay we're gonna keep a mystery going but then when we get to the explanation of it we're just gonna rush through it because i i like the beginning i like the stuff at the hospital at the beginning i like even though the acting isn't great i like the stuff at the house at the beginning 
it's the entire cop process like you were talking about where it feels a little slow and drags and then when you get to the jail cell and on it like it kicks it into another gear where you're like okay i'm totally into it so it's not really good that 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 second act that middle piece is like just so exposition heavy nothing's really happening and it's exposition heavy but it's not exposition heavy in the way that it needs to be where it's telling us crucial details of what we need to understand of what is actually happening yeah and i mean that might not really be just james wan because like he didn't do like the writing no he did story by it's Three, three. Well, Ingrid yeah. Bisu is uh, his wife, I believe. Um, so, like, not so all of it. It's well, and it could be that they had it in the story. It's when you get to Akila Cooper um, doing the screenplay, mm-hmm. maybe cutting the, some of those crucial story elements out. That could uh, be too. For for lack of a better term, cutting the cancer out. <laughs> uh, so. I, I don't have much more to say. Like, again, this doesn't sour me on James. Um, yeah, not at all. Oh, I will say, because I did think this, I, I knew it was going to happen, but I, I still found it to be funny. I did love that the CSI tech, when she's like, when she comes out of her hiding space and is like checking on uh, Kakoa and his partner, she's pulls out her phone and she starts calling the police. She's like, why am I calling the police? And he's like, call the paramedics. Because, <laughs> I mean, I think if any one of us, like, were in a police station and found ourselves in that situation, our first mind would be to go, like, let's call the police. And then you have to, like, think to yourself going, wait, no, can't do that. <laughs> wait, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> right. Uh, so it was like, I, I kind of did like that moment of self-awareness from her character. Yeah. Um but yeah, it doesn't sour me on James. I'm looking forward to more of his work. Uh, I just, uh, I, I wish that this one would have been a little bit more refined. It's funny because like it gets to the ending and it does the scene where the he, light kills, bulb? Oh, no. where okay. he kills everyone. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm like, oh man, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> I didn't expect this. And then it turns out to just be her manipulating it. Which like, I figured. I kind of, which I was like, mm. I was like, I was like, there's no way this is the real ending. But like, that would have been cool if he just like did that, just like to where he kills. That might have won me over. That oh, might he, have won me over. If he killed everyone and then it just like went to black, Ended? I would have, yeah. I would have been like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, because for me, like. It, I I expected it. Like once once he There's killed Sydney, yeah. I was like, all right, this isn't happening. She's in control now. She's manipulating him, and then of course we're quickly revealed. And then her creating kind of the mind cage, yeah. and just that again. Her delivery is so bad. Where he's like, I will get out again, and she's like, Yeah, uh, but I'll, I'll be, be ready. ready. I'm like, <laughs> Oh my god, can you? deliver it more with more inflection very like literally she delivers all of her lines in the same manner throughout the entire film there's no difference in inflection there's no different to be fair that's how she is in peaky blinders as well well yeah yeah but i mean it kind of makes sense in peaky blinders 
rather than like in a film like this where she's a highly emotional you know going through a whole roller coaster of like what the hell is happening to me i don't know what's going on i've got this backstory i don't know anything about because of electroshock therapy like and then uncovering it like maybe the best scene because it's not even really dealing with her is the hypnotherapist and then like once she is remembering that she almost killed sydney in the womb like she screams and like you got the storm outside and everything like maybe that was one of her better moments because she actually had to do something outside of speaking and crying yeah uh i will say that her character in uh peaky blinders is very much the type of character uh similar to um rick's wife in walking dead where it's like their character dies and you're just like all right cool the show can move on now (laughs) (laughs) you kind of get happy that they're the yeah like laurie was one of the things that just really drug down walking dead for me in season three a lot um all right, so I think that's going to do it, unless you have any other final final thoughts. We ended up doing a little bit longer than, uh, I think, what we planned on. Yeah, I, I think that was pretty solid. All right. All right, guys. Well, this uh, does it for our, our second YouTube video. Like, I know it might sound weird that we keep, like, talking about it, but we've been talking about trying to get stuff up on YouTube for a long time and finally managed to do it. So I'm uh, just really excited. So, if you are watching us on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Um, let us know what you thought about the movie. Just, uh, you know, please keep in mind, like, don't leave spoilers in the comment sections. But whether or not you agree with us, disagree with us, uh, you know, like the video, subscribe, that whole YouTube uh, shtick. Uh, you know, every YouTuber does it at the end or beginning of their video. Uh, and if you're listening to us on audio, you know, uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, basically any podcasting service. Um, and if you would, wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and review on those services, we'd appreciate it. If you want to uh, write into the podcast and have us uh, talk about that, talk about your, your thoughts of the film, you can write into criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. And you can follow us on social media at uh, Critics NT Cynics on Twitter and face, uh, on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. Uh, links will be in the description. And we will talk to you guys next time. Um, Rick's wife and Walking Dead, where it's like oh. their character dies, and you're just like, all right, cool. The show can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> you kind of get happy that they're the. Yeah, like Lori was one of the things that just really drug down Walking Dead for me in season three. A lot. Um, all right. So I think that's going to do it unless you have any other final final thoughts. We ended up doing a little bit longer than uh, I think what we planned on. Yeah, I think that was pretty solid. All right. All right, guys. Well, this uh, does it for our, our second YouTube video. Like, I know it might sound weird that we keep like talking about it, but we've been talking about trying to get stuff up on YouTube for a long time and finally managed to do it. So I'm uh, just really excited. So if you are watching us on YouTube, leave a comment down below. Um, let us know what you thought about the movie. Just, uh, you know, please keep in mind, like, don't leave spoilers in the comment sections. But whether or not you agree with us, disagree with us, uh, you know, like the video, subscribe, that whole YouTube uh, 
shtick. Uh, you know, every YouTuber does it at the end or beginning of their video. Uh, and if you're listening to us on audio, you know, uh, you can also find us on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Audible, Amazon Music, basically any podcasting service. Um, and if you would, wouldn't mind leaving us a rating and review on those services, we'd appreciate it. If you want to uh, write into the podcast and have us uh, talk about that, talk about your, your thoughts of the film, you can write into criticsnotcynics at gmail.com. And you can follow us on social media at uh, Critics NT Cynics on Twitter and face, uh, on Facebook at Critics Not Cynics Podcast. Uh, links will be in the description. And we will talk to you guys next time.